On the phone with me right now is Kara Colson. Kara Colson is a mindfulness coach. We have chatted in the past, but Kara is very busy right now. Uh, everything that's going on with, uh, with COVID, of course, lots of people are, are feeling the stress. Kara has uh, taught at Durham College. She has taught at the University of Ontario Institute of Technology. And recently she's connected with Psychology for Growth. What that means for you is that most services are covered under insurance plans now if you uh, if you book with Kara. And that's really, really important because for some people that uh, that could make or break them. If they have at least their insurance covering it, then, you know, it takes that off the table. Lots of folks are, are worried about, you know, their pocketbook in these days uh, with, with things going on, like I said, with COVID. So Kara, welcome to the show. Thank you, Judy. So I guess right off the top, how has the climate changed in terms of uh, why folks are contacting you? What, what are the questions like now as opposed to pre-COVID? It's really interesting actually. Before pre-COVID um, or pre-COVID, I was working a lot more with um, young adults, students, college level or uh, late teens dealing with anxieties. Um, and from there, you know, COVID hits. I'm still dealing with that, but I'm dealing with a lot more uh, middle-aged adults, uh, men and women who are also really feeling the stress and the anxiety of what it is we're going through, the uncertainty. And because there's uncertainty, there's no end in sight, so to speak. Um, where the anxiety comes up and with control and not being able to control something and what that looks like for people to be able to live with that in the moment and that's where the mindfulness coaching can really come in to help people realize how to live in the moments and how to be here in covid coronavirus 19 and see how that is working and how do you do that and having that discussion. Also an awful lot of reframing, reframing around what the belief system somebody had about who they were and then let's say their job changes or they have extreme financial hardship right now. Maybe they can't work, so who are they? And that is also, that construct is also being challenged in so many people right now. Who am I? Who am I with this? Who am I um, living with this life right now? And so these questions are coming up much more so than what I'm seeing from young adults that are asking, who do I want to be? Mm. And who do I want to be in conjunct to what my parents want me to be? Um, it's, it's coming into a much different feel now for people and who I'm talking to in that mindfulness realm. Do the people that you speak to uh, tend to have uh, mindfulness? Uh, have they already practiced mindfulness or have they had experience in mindfulness? Do you take clients who have never done meditation before, have never done mindfulness before? What is the difference between mindfulness and meditation? Because maybe we should take a step back for folks who maybe have never meditated before or practiced mindfulness. Maybe give us that explanation. Sure. Um, great question. 
I get asked it all the time. What is this? What is meditation? What is mindfulness? Um, and so the best way I can describe it is meditation is a tool. It is a practice that opens up a mindful viewpoint in your life. So the way I look at it is that, and the way you know I was kind of trained in describing this is, we have thoughts all the time. Our brains are thinking all the time. And even when we're sleeping, our brains are still working through the subconscious. We're dreaming, we're working things out. These thoughts are continually going. And what I'll often say to people is if you're not thinking you're in that zombie show, like, you know, because <laughs> a lot of people think that meditating means no thought. And so if they sit on their mat or wherever they're going to do it, go for a meditative walk and they can't stop thinking, they feel as though they're failing. And so right. what I like to say to people is you're meant to be, you, you're always going to be thinking. So we have this river of thought that's continually moving in our minds. We're swimming through those rapids constantly. Sometimes we're getting snagged on rocks. Sometimes we're getting stuck in different thought processes. This is how we are as human beings and how this river of thought works. Meditating is like having a line thrown in the river and working at climbing yourself out of it. So meditation is a practice. It is work. You are putting in five, 10, 15 minutes or more a day in sitting with your thoughts in your life and finding an anchor it could be your breath it could be uh, music it could be a meditation app there's some really great ones right now that you can download that is allowing you to be with those thoughts but not emotionally attached to them and not be attached to them mindfulness would be like having pulled yourself out of that river of thought by the rope, sitting on the riverbank and just watching it go by. Hmm. Okay. So the more you meditate, mm -hmm. I've seen the science. I, I got trained with the science. Dr. Sarah Lazar, she has a wonderful TED talk. She's part of the training that I was involved in. I've seen the fMRIs of students who started a program in meditation at Harvard. So I saw the fMRI before they began, four weeks in, and then eight weeks after. They were meditating five minutes a day to 10 minutes a day and hadn't even known what they were doing before they began. They, they took cobra mindfulness, they, they learned how to meditate and they were playing around with it. After eight weeks, the 3D, the fMRI showed that the amygdala which is the fight or flight center of the brain, had an increase or decreased levels of activity. When they started, their amygdalas were like firing off constantly. You could see it. And it was, it almost looked like it shrunk a little bit. It, it kind of became more of a normal uh, activity that you, mm. would, you would expect. Also, what was seen was that the uh, right prefrontal cortex, gray matter, gray matter had grown. This is rationality and decision-making. And so in doing this practice, the brain has elast or plasticity and it actually can affect a change upon the brain. So by doing this practice, over time, you're also able to take a, you know, a, 
a different path with some of those old grooved thoughts in your mind's process, some of those old belief systems that you have. With mindfulness, you start to be able to pick up how hard you are on yourself. How you do that is when you're meditating and trying to detach yourself from those thoughts, so to speak, you start to notice, wow, that's a really odd recurring thought I'm having that's really hard on myself. Why am I believing that about myself? That's like turning on a light. And the minute that becomes known and aware, you can start to work on a new thought process, building a new neural pathway or a bridge over the old road or, you know, um, so that you can actually affect a more realistic viewpoint in who you are, what you're capable of and your resiliency. Because if we were gonna believe the grooves that we have in our brain from before we were 12 years old, I mean, <laughs> Where would we be? We wouldn't dare to do anything, would we? Because of those things that, you know, even inadvertently get said to us or the experience we have as children, those neural pathways are never gonna go anywhere. But we can certainly become aware of them mindfully and build new pathways. So if we go back to the river analogy, mm -hmm. uh, you've got the river and let's say the river are those thoughts that are constantly flowing. Sometimes mm -hmm. the river is surging. Sometimes like mm -hmm. times of COVID, the river is surging. It's mm -hmm. flooding over the banks. Those are your thoughts. Meditation is doing the work to grab the rope to pull yourself out of the river. And if I'm, uh if i'm if i'm right i'm getting a sense that mindfulness is almost like i call it mindlessness it's being able to then after you meditate out of, after you pull yourself out of the river of thought through meditation you're then able to sit on the riverside and just look at those thoughts going by you see them you observe them but you're not affected by them is that correct yes a big part of mindfulness and this is a really difficult piece that a lot of people who come to talk to me um, and work on coaching like i don't want to accept the things that happened in my life that were wrong and so when people say um that meditation mindfulness is about accepting everything mm. well that's kind of a fallacy acceptance means that you know it's there but you're willing to move past it anyway instead of just a lot of people see that piece of acceptance as forgiving that's really not what this is about it shouldn't stop people from wanting to do the process. It's about being aware of why you're thinking the way you're thinking and choosing to cut yourself a break or believe in who you are and that you've been formed a certain way. And so then making a choice on how you're going to respond to that. When we're living mindlessly, we are moving always in conjunction with how our emotions are attached to our thoughts. And we are unconscious, we're living unconsciously to how we're reacting to our triggers every single day. When we're living more mindfully, we are more aware that, okay, I'm having this thoughts. The first question to ask is, is, it, is that true? Is that true? 
<laughs> you know, turning the light on there because sometimes our emotions are so deeply ingrained and so quickly can take over from what that thought is. Here's another one. Waking up in the morning and looking at your face in the mirror or your body for that matter. Where do your thoughts take you? Are you going to set yourself up in a, a positive way? Or are you going to work on those old neural pathways of beating yourself down before you even leave your bedroom? It gets as deep as that, but it doesn't have to be deep at all in a coaching session. It can just be taking a look at where you're at right now and deciding where you want to go from here. Coaching isn't like psychotherapy. If someone wants to go to a psychotherapist, they're taking a look at healing those past hurts in their life. Mindfulness coaching, most definitely we're taking a look at reframing some of those thought processes, but we're moving from where we are in the present moment and really looking to move into how you want to create the future. For a lot of people trying to decide how they want to create after COVID, even though we feel restricted right now, for many people, once they start the work, they start to become freer because they see maybe there's other options there. Maybe this is a great catalyst for change. And so taking a look at it that way is also a reframing of something that many people are feeling very, very down and negative about. So if someone said to you, I've never meditated before, mm -hmm. um, and I need to meditate, let's say for five minutes, what would be the first working, what would be the first building block you would give them? Generally, I try and find out with people um, right away is what their learning style is. And I know psychology is coming out recently with learning styles don't matter, but I mean, I've been an educator for so many years and I've done this since 2015. I find it works within my work. So are you a visual learner? Are you an auditory learner? Or are you kinesthetic? I come to things kinesthetic oftentimes and so that's why years ago when I was doing my yoga teaching training you know I was able to get into a calmer state because I needed to pay attention to how my body was moving that took me out of the river of thoughts mm -hmm. now the best meditations I do are on a walk with my dog because I am moving it's kinesthetic for me a lot of people I see now especially younger people it is visual or it's auditory they're used mm -hmm. to listening to music so so what I find, especially if someone has never meditated before, is it's easier for our brain to have an anchor to focus on. Old school meditation practice would be focusing on your breath. And certainly I teach people tips and skills and how to do that. But I also realize that our 2020 brains are like a really, really naughty puppy. So <laughs> having an anchor is like giving that naughty puppy a bone to chew, which is your thought process, so that you can kind of do that organic change that your brain needs to do and relaxing it. So giving the naughty puppy a bone would be an anchor. So it could be listening to music or meditative um, app 
or even there's one that's called headspace and it's visual it's just like yeah. this big ball that breathes so you're still breathing you're still focusing in on those um you know original ancient meditative techniques but we're also adding a little bit more of an anchor in so the first thing i would do is ask how their learning style works for them and from there we would tailor what kind of anchor they feel will work best for them and then we'll start with a few minutes every day and then as they meet again a week two weeks after and onward we start working with the process of meditation skills how we do that and then usually about three sessions in the questions start to come of i'm noticing this thought consistently in my mind and then the reframing work the mindfulness begins because as i've seen even in my own life and in everybody else who's come to me for me to coach the meditation opens up that pathway of mindfully starting to take a look at where you're getting stuck so the chew bone is basically <laughs> the five minutes of just listening to music if they're an auditory person let's say just listen to music five minutes a day just listen to music five minutes a day let that be the chew bone that you're giving to the 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 puppy with the with the with the bad thoughts right yes and if i was using music as that naughty puppy brain bone <laughs> i would also be asking people to be present with that music in the moment mm -hmm. so if i were leading someone through the practice of learning how to do this i would ask them to pay attention to the drums to pay attention to the mm -hmm. flute to pay attention to what it is that they're hearing and also showing them deep breathing technique at the same time but to be present with the music you need to do that with your anchor you need to have it in present moment feel because then that allows those thoughts to kind of float away for a few minutes just listening to the music alone as a full experience still allows your thoughts to come in mm, right you need to pick it apart just like if you're using your breath as your prim primary anchor feeling it come in through your nostrils feeling your lungs expand feeling your feet upon the floor feeling so you're bringing yourself to present moment awareness instead of that crazy stuff that's going on in your mind that has already happened or maybe what if it happens you're not living in the moment you're not even thinking in the moment well, I've got an idea. How about if you're open to this, since this is a podcast, how about just for five minutes, you do, a, um, let's take that, that chew bone and make that chew bone a breathing exercise. How does that sure. sound? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. So I'm just going to uh, set my timer here. So we have an idea of how much, um, and that way our listeners can get an idea. But I think what you're saying is that you almost have to you almost have to raise the level of your awareness in that moment like you said if you're listening to music listen to the drums or listen to that vocal or look because our brains are so smart they're like yeah yeah but i gotta worry about my bills i gotta worry about this i gotta worry about that so it's kind of giving your mind little toys to play with within that within that five minutes let's say exactly Another um, experience that I, I do with my, my clients is also, um, you know, three or four weeks into it to start to um, notice different things. So 
while they're meditating to just label. We call this anchor labeling. So um, feeling, 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 you know, like if you're sitting there and you know, you're noticing you're feeling certain ways. Sometimes you can label it as what the feeling is, but a lot of people get caught up in, oh my goodness, was it really that feeling? <laughs> or, you know, and then now you're thinking, right? Right. So if you can label just emotion, emotion, feeling, 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 or if you're sitting there as well, you could also say thought, 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 not attached to what it is. Mm -hmm. But as you're in your present moment of breathing, you can use an anchor of labeling. And then when you're done with your meditation, you can go, wow, those were a lot of thoughts that came through my head. It's a really great eye-opening experience. It also allows people to realize how much they're attaching their emotions to everything. Okay. So I'm going to start, well, I'm going to start the sure. five minutes. Okay. And you go. The floor is yours. All right. So finding a place where you feel comfortable sitting and getting yourself into that position, however it looks for you. If you choose to shut your eyes, feel free to do that. I'm going to shut my eyes. We set the intention for the next couple of minutes for you to just listen to my voice and let me guide you through this present moment experience of breathing and being alive here and now. Taking a deep inhale into your body, noticing how that breath is coming in through your nostrils. You'll maybe feel it come through the back of your throat. And as you release that thought, let go of some holding in your shoulders. Another deep breath in, and as you exhale, choosing even more to relax your shoulders. Noticing how your lungs get smaller as you exhale. As you inhale, notice how your rib cage expands to accommodate the breath. Focusing an intense noticing on what it feels like to be breathing here and now. You may have thoughts come up, let them be. Bring your attention back to breath. Bringing the breath deep into your body and feeling your abdomen rise and fall with your inhale and exhale. Seeing thoughts, let them be, bring yourself back to breath. And this present experience. Notice how it feels like to sit. Is your spine connected to a chair? Are your feet grounded upon the floor? And 
What does that feel like within your body to connect to different parts and your breath? Noticing that you're bringing yourself in and out of thought, even just briefly to this present moment of breathing and connecting here. Here in my space, I can also hear rain on the roof. In your space, you might notice other sounds around where you are. Focus on those. Bring yourself back to breath. When you're ready, take another deep inhale and exhale. Slowly open your eyes. And we'll come back to this discussion experience. How do you feel, Judy? Fantastic. flew by that was absolutely amazing <laughs> I don't know if that was a full five minutes but it the was. thing here is not only is this rain on this coming down it's beautiful actually but my dog my old dog is snoring here <laughs> so he's actually as I was saying inhale exhale he's like breathing in and out with his old dog breath you know that's <laughs> Excellent. It is. Some oh, people yeah. might hear that too. It's not me, I promise. It's my 13 year old dog. <laughs> I'm chatting with Carol Colson this afternoon from Pearl Mindfulness. Uh, Kara's uh, website, pearlmindfulness.net. You should really check it out. It is wonderful. Uh, Kara has, as I said, she has taught at the University of Ontario Institute of Technology here in, uh, in the Toronto area. She's taught at Durham College. And now we're so excited because she's connected now with Psychology for Growth. And most of Kara's services are covered under insurance plans, which is very important for a, a lot of people, obviously, especially as we are going through COVID, especially as folks, uh, as their stress levels are elevated and the, the little bit that we 
let you listen to this afternoon is just a small piece. It's just a little pebble in that river. So uh, if you would like to chat with Kara uh, further, again, you can go to her website, pearlmindfulness.net. Kara, uh, before I let you go, are there any last words that you'd like to share with, uh, with people who have said, you know, this has been such a, a challenging year. Is there any sage advice that you can give us with your parting words? <laughs> well, it's challenging. And even people who work in this type of business are finding their challenges as well. Um, but I also think that change is a catalyst for growth. And we are all at a big opportunity to stop, learn and listen and then decide mindfully how we want to go forward. It's maybe a great reset button. And even though we're dealing with a lot of stress, we also have an opportunity to learn how that construct looks for us. How do we get stuck in it? And how do, can we find ways to be able to live with it and live past it in order to create what we want to see for ourselves in the future? Kara, thank you so much for joining me. Once more, I'm going to give out your information. It's pearlmindfulness.net. And if you want to email Kara, pearlmindfulness at gmail.com. Kara, thank you so much. I feel so relaxed after just <laughs> talking to you for this short amount of time. Thank you, Judy. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>